This episode is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, they work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis of our lifetime, threatening children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, this organization can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Even $5 can buy a baby's first book, providing comfort and inspiring lifelong love of learning. Go to savethechildren.org slash save kids to learn more. Now, on to the show. Well, hello, and welcome to Brand Therapy. This is the podcast where we help you position, build, and promote your brands. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And I'm just so happy you're here. I'm happy when you're here for any of our episodes, but I'm especially happy that you're here right now because we're gonna talk all about one of our favorite topics. And in fact, it's one of those topics that we get asked about probably more than anything else. I mean, branding might be number one, but number two is definitely this topic. Shall I give it away? You should. It's so funny. I always feel like silly in these audio recordings where I'm like, today we're going to be talking about this because like, aren't they? The listeners now are selecting the episode and seeing the episode title. Mm. So they anyway, know. they know. We're talking about counting on us to just introduce it. Of course. Okay, so... Grand reveal. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Instagram today. Phil, you at the time of this recording are working day and night on a new Instagram mastery course. So you are living and breathing Instagram. And I live Instagram. I sleep Instagram. I breathe Instagram. In fact, I woke up at 1 a.m. last night with an idea for one of the modules. Did you I'm really? Yeah, this is what happens. Like I tell you, we can only do one new course a month because it takes everything inside of me. I love filming them and I love like all the little bits of like putting a course together. But the thing that I find challenging is writing them. People might not know if you've taken any of my courses before. I script every word of it just because I feel like it helps me deliver a better end product. No ums, no tangents just the things you need to know. So yeah, that was my tangent about tangents. Amazing. So for today's episode, I want us to have a really honest discussion about three things that people underestimate most or should rethink with Instagram. Now, any Instagram course out there is going to say things like post consistently or figure out your aesthetic. And I'm challenging you, Phil, to, in, to come up with, something, come up with something different. Yeah, because Instagram is so complex and there are so many different ways to come up with a strategy. But I feel like there are some things that successful people on Instagram do that perhaps our listeners might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. And one of the compliments I got recently about the last course I did, Email Mastery, was that someone said they learned in 90 minutes a video from me what would have taken them 100 hours to learn on their own. Oh my gosh. I love that compliment. And I feel, not that I'm inviting that compliment, but I think I'm going to hear that again. Because truly, it's like going to war. I like go out there, I research, I try things, I download things. 
it's like I am immersed in this topic, this one and only topic. I took today off because Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Instagram. Yeah. At the time of recording this, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and it's like a, I take a breather and then tomorrow I go back through the stuff that I'm working on. But it's cool. And I have some ideas on where to take this conversation. Perfect. Okay. So what is the first thing that you wish people would rethink or do with Instagram? The first thing is to be consistent on your platforms. No. Just joking. <laughs> that was a joke. Hang up this recording. That was a prank. <laughs> that was a prank. You're always um, going off script. So I never really know if yeah, it's like... I know. You, know. you never know with God. me. So, well, I do talk about that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today because it's not the sexy part. Also, that's a so, given, right? Like that's an expert. If you are going to go, if you were going to have well, a... Well, a better... What? We're a like better screaming. way to answer it would be... <laughs> a better way to answer it would be to give you ways, tangible ways that help you be consistent instead of just saying be consistent. I hate this high level shit. Do you want to know something else? And actually, <laughs> do you want to know something else? I read recently about someone who was talking about not being consistent and actually challenged this idea. Because will your social media or will your specifically your Instagram be hurt by you being silent for a week? Potentially. Would it be better if you weren't silent? Would it be better if you were posting every single day? Yes. However, what they brought up that I thought was better, they said, even if your Instagram strategy is hurt temporarily for a week, your mental health might be improved. And isn't that kind oh, of more important? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the first time I read something like that. And I took a big, deep breath because I will sometimes I will go a week without posting, even though that's not what I teach. I think in an ideal world, you should be posting every day. And you should set up your brand to be able to facilitate that, to help you, not hinder. So from when we think about the fall, do you remember when I would, and, and prior to that, I would fuss over every <laughs> post. I would be retouching it in Photoshop for two hours just to get it to look consistent with the colors of the post that I had just posted. Then I'd send it over to you for a caption. No, I'd send you over my plan feed and you were like, that one looks bad that one looks bad like back to the drawing board then, yeah back to the drawing board after like <laughs> hours and like i would realistically post three times a month on instagram because i was so worried about the photos looking perfect and then in january i made the observation that i'm seeing more text on feeds and not that that was anything new but i was starting to notice particularly in the design community that we were starting to see carousels really cool and i thought God, that's so different from what I do. But clearly what I'm doing is not working. What if I was to start to create some templates? So we work with my designer, start to create some templates to be able to get text on feed. And now those are the posts of mine that actually perform the best. I don't know. I feel like I agree with you. If you hadn't taken yourself out of that crazy editing dungeon that you created for yourself, you would have never had the clarity to switch up your strategy. So I know that we said today we're not going to be talking about being consistent. I guess we are a little bit. I ended up talking about that, but let's... So let's I guess point number one... Yeah, point number one is set yourself up for success and ease instead of failure and the dungeon that is perfection is how I would sum up point number one. Set yourself up for success. Create tools, have your visual brand decide your fonts, your colors, 
and experiment with the different types of posts. I talk about this in the course. Experiment with different types of posts that you can be inspired by what other people do and other things you see on platforms like Pinterest. Okay, makes sense. What's the second thing that someone should know about Instagram? The second thing someone should know about Instagram is that it is effectively for social media platforms. Arguably five. Why five? You don't even know. I know. Oh my God. I know. Sometimes I can't, you can't just again. hear the same sound. Right. You can't just hear the same sound bites all the time. I got to keep you on your toes as well. Is five galleries? No, well, it's not. Okay. But good guess. Okay. But you're wrong. So effectively for social media platforms, people, Instagram has been really smart with how they've grown, right? So they took market share away from Snapchat when they released their version of Snapchat Instagram stories. Did you know this is even a somewhat outdated stat that over well over a billion people log into Instagram at least once a month? Oh my God. And 500 million people are active on stories every day. Really? 500 million. Over half of all users are active on stories every single day. Not posting necessarily, but watching them, consuming this newer vertical of Instagram. So gone are the days where you think of Instagram just being about what you post on your feed or what you see other people posting. I would argue that Instagram is for social media platforms. Your feed, how it started and how we know it, right? Probably the most curated version of you where you tell your story and show your best visuals, put your best foot forward. Also stories, which is more fleeting in the moment, behind the scenes type daily temporary updates. Not daily. I actually don't update daily. I updated a story today that was not business related. Sometimes I forget. I'm like, does anyone actually care about what I'm thinking about right now? <laughs> it was 6.45 this morning. And I was like, wow, look at me doing the same thing I did yesterday, which is the same thing I did the day before. I wake up, I put my slippers on that my grandmother knit. Then I go make my coffee in my AeroPress, which now you use because I told you to get one. Mm-hmm, like, the best. I do the same thing every day. And to be fair, I said, then I unpause my inbox, acting like that's something I do all the time when actually. <laughs> well, you always do this. But as a side note, you always, <laughs> I will never forget this. This is a perfect example. It was the first time we went to Stockholm and they have such good coffee in Stockholm. You had been drinking coffee for about five days. And you told everyone how much you love coffee and how you were such an avid coffee drinker. And you would drink coffee for maybe one two hundredth of your entire <laughs> life. And now, now you're into now inbox. Now look at you. Now look at you. You're into inbox pause, which was my thing that you would frequently tear me apart for because I wasn't checking my email like a freaking like Energizer bunny every two minutes. And now I would be like, Lauren, let me guess. You didn't know that that client paid their invoice because your inbox is paused. It's like, I'll find out in four hours. (laughs) This isn't about Instagram. This is another tangent, but it is kind of funny that sometimes I take credit or like I I razz you about something you use or something you do. And then I go and do it myself. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So this was my Instagram story today. Maybe we'll have a... It was about my routine. um, Maybe we'll have a podcast episode talking about inbox pause. We could actually, and I'm using it a bit differently than you. So you have your setup on a schedule. I'm still using Inbox Pause for free for the very simple mechanism of turning Inbox Pause on 
when I need to work on a task and focus, and then off when I get five minutes of break. And then what happens is basically it's cool too because you just set it up on the browser or direct as an extension. I use mine in uh, Firefox or Google Chrome. Basically, you just pause. It creates a button in your interface when it's installed. You just pause it and no emails come in while you're focused until you unpause it. And I get between 10, 15, 20, 25 emails. It's amazing how many emails I get per day. And those all roll in at once, which means instead of spending one separate time block on one particular email, which by the way, I've actually started timing myself with each email. Do you know that I spend, it's rare that I spend less than five minutes on one email if I'm dealing with it one-to-one. Whereas with inbox pause, when 20 emails come in, it takes me a fraction of the time to sort them all out. Because you're just going through them, right? In one go? Yeah, exactly. Rather than stopping what I'm doing, going to my inbox to check, then going back to my task and getting constantly interrupted. This has nothing to do with Instagram, but it is valuable for you. So (laughs) this is a little bonus. This bonus content. Bonus that we'll probably talk about in detail later, but this was my Instagram story today. And I have, when I open my Instagram now, 10 unread messages of people just interested in what I'm doing. You don't always have to talk about business, right? So stories is that second vertical I was talking about where it's kind of more fleeting. It's like in the moment. And then the other two I'll go through even quicker. In the course, it's quicker as well. Live, which very few people use. More people are using at this particular moment in time during self-quarantine. But it still is a good way to create content, build confidence, really beneficial for more selfish ways. Become comfortable speaking. Learn how to deliver engaging content with a few bullet points. In the course, it's really cool. I'm proud of this. I give people a digital download. That's a one-sheet Instagram Live planning doc, a template, like a worksheet, a checklist that allows you to fully prepare, say the right things, know how long you should go on for, even have a guest, which would get you in front of their audience. Still to this day, there's no other way to notify your audience when you are creating content that's free, right? You could pay for a Facebook ad and get in front of your audience, but actually still when you go live, your audience gets notified. And that is super cool. It is. The final one would be IGTV, which is vertical video. It could be horizontal, but then you're not really taking advantage of the full real estate you have available to you. But this was Instagram's answer. So if stories were their answer to Snapchat, Instagram, IGTV rather, is their answer to YouTube. So watching longer form content, more serialized types of content. So in fact, my IGTVs are mostly promoting this podcast. I'll put up a little clip of whoever we chat with and I'll tell people, this is just a little preview here on IGTV to listen to the full episode, go over to iTunes, Spotify, or Spreaker, right? And so it grabs people's interest, but allows them to engage with video that's longer than one minute because that's what you're limited to on your feed. So there you go, four distinct verticals of Instagram. Look at it that way, almost like four different social media platforms. So- When you're saying people should be looking at this in different ways, can you expand on that? Like, what does that mean? For example, if someone has a post they're going to be putting on their feed, should they be posting that feed everywhere on the three other verticals or should they be thinking about different ways to publish? Expand on that for me. I think they should be thinking about different ways to communicate what's interesting in your world 
to someone who's interested in your world. So if something could be mentioned casually, then describe it in your stories. If something is a bit more curated, put together, informative, then it probably belongs on your feed or IGTV. But then you also have the ability to cross-promote on this wonderful platform. So if it's a longer form video, for example, throw it on IGTV and then promote a preview of it on your feed. In fact, you should do that almost always when you post an IGTV because you will get far more views and interest by pushing it to your feed as a preview, right? So same thing, go live with a guest immediately now after the recent update, you have the ability to push that live to your IGTV so that it lives longer. If someone is going to be interested in what you created but didn't get a chance to catch the live, it doesn't get posted to your story for 24 hours now. It gets posted. You have the ability, the creator has the ability to post it to their IGTV. Let's say you post a brand new feed post. Go ahead and throw that in your story. Don't assume that just because you created it, the audience you've worked hard to build is going to see it. They might not. There's all kinds of factors that determine whether or not all of your followers see your content. Hint, the algorithm. So actually, can we move on to point number three? Yeah, So point number one was set yourself up for success. Point number two was think of Instagram in four, I said five verticals. Let me finish that thought and then I'll move on to point number three. Mysterious number five. Yes, mysterious number five is not my own idea. But my dear friend, Brian, who's the Instagram stories guy, the BKH on Instagram, he describes not as verticals, but as neighborhoods. Isn't that cute? He said there are five neighborhoods on Instagram. And the fifth one is DMs that (gasps) we forget about. Yes. Yes, DMs. So I want to bring in another guest, another guest's thought, which is my friend Jenny Melrose, who says, bloggers, that's her audience, influencers, stop worrying about getting to 10K so you get the swipe up feature. The swipe up feature is so overrated. Very few people actually swipe up and want to leave Instagram. Do they so even really? Do, that, I didn't yeah, know that. Oh my God. If I, if I had a swipe up, like I'm lucky if it gets 14 swipe ups. Like people don't care. They don't want to leave Instagram. They're on Instagram because they want to be on Instagram. They don't want to leave it or whatever you're trying to promote them. I will say I find swipe up really annoying because you're still in Instagram's interface and then you can't. It's really challenging to navigate and explore and shop if you're browsing a site from within Instagram swipe up. Do you know what I mean? I do. I don't think Instagram will actually change that anytime soon because they They don't don't want want you swiping up. They don't want you leaving. Yeah, yeah. So Jenny Melrose says a better tactic is to have someone vote in a poll and then you can DM them. Oh my God. So I see, for example, let's give another shout out to my friend Sophia from Veggies Don't Bite. She just did this last night. She said she put her recipe on her story. And honestly, this recipe looked so freaking good. And she said, I'm trying to find it in the story, three recipes you need. And she said, DM me for the recipe. (gasps) Sophia has way more than 10,000 followers. But she still, even with more than that, is telling people to DM her for the recipe. Why? Because it starts a conversation. That is so So then she messaged smart. me this morning or late last night. She said, here you go, bitches, which I thought was hilarious. That's her <laughs> brand voice. Kills me. The best thick vegan smoothie bowl with this amazing photo. And so this is an example of like, even if you can't swipe up, don't do it. Because it's a passive 
interaction, it's much better to start a conversation with someone. Oh my gosh, that's so, so I love smart. That. And it also makes me think like, you know how we're seeing all these influencers. It started with Amy Schumer creating phone numbers that you could text her to and get texts and daily texts and stuff. It almost seems like pointless because in a way, Instagram's already offering something very similar to that with DMs if the creator is good at responding to DMs. Yes, absolutely. So I just thought I would add that fifth one. I, I love, love the BKHs, five neighborhoods. So those verticals plus the ability to communicate and connect with people is number five. He's a smart man. So I mentioned point number three. <laughs> I started telling you point number three and then went back to point number two. Now we're at number three, the algorithm. Having prepared the material for this course, I can finally tell you I actually understand how the algorithm works, or at least what the best theory about the algorithm is. Because they don't actually publish any of the intricate details about the algorithm. But it was explained in one of my sources online. It was explained really well. Do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah, please. So think of it this way. You post on Instagram, and that post is shown to a handful of users. Those users specifically are your followers that are online in that moment. Makes sense, right? But not everyone yeah. who's online is going to see it in that exact moment. It depends on lots of factors. But imagine this. You post on Instagram. It's seen by a handful of people that follow you that are online. What also happens is Instagram shows you that same user other content by other creators. And it's measuring and noticing and paying attention to how you engage with that content. Do you like it? Or do you more meaningfully engage with it by giving it a comment or a share or a save? Or do you ignore it? And if you're choosing to engage with other content besides that one piece of content, then Instagram basically assumes that it's not as relevant to you. Whereas when your content is getting a lot of engagement in that small, almost like beta group, like test group, which is your followers that are online, then if it does well in that initial test, it will be served to more people. So for example, when you click on the Discover tab on Instagram, you're seeing content solely from people that you're not following yet, but Instagram thinks you might want to follow based on your interests and based on your behavior. So I thought that was interesting, right? Yeah. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So basically, like, how does a creator use that to their advantage? It's by paying attention to engagement and really paying attention to what your followers want from you, right? Because if they're not giving you your posts attention, they're going to be giving someone else's posts attention and taking away opportunities of exposure for you, right? Right. And I never thought of it almost as like a bidding system in a way. It's yeah. almost like you're thrown into a bin with a few other competitors and they're watching to see behavior. And that's how they're determining automatically what, you know, serving up people things that they want to see. And we always see this stuff that's like, oh, the algorithm is, you know, awful. Change it back to how it used to be when it was chronological and all this stuff. But like, it's so dumb. I really think this is like, you can't beat them, join them mentality. Rather than complaining about the algorithm, why don't you understand it so that you can behave accordingly and be strategic about getting your content in front of the people that want it? Completely. I've always been very pro-algorithm because to me, 
algorithms are that platform's way of ensuring that a user isn't being spammed with marketing bullshit. And instead, they're seeing posts that they really want to see. I think that's a good thing. And I think that sometimes ego as a marketer can get in the way of making decisions based on value. If you're mad that your posts aren't getting a lot of impressions, or if you're mad at the algorithm because your posts aren't getting the engagement that you wanted, pull up a mirror (laughs) and consider the fact that maybe what you're producing right now isn't appealing to people. And that's on you. That's not on the algorithm. Oof, bossy. I know. You get very heated very, about I guess that. I'm very passionate yes. about this. But, no, but don't you agree, though? I do agree 100%. I think it's very ego-driven. I agree. If someone's like, well, the algorithm's wrong or the algorithm is disappointing. It's like, no, you're the problem, not the algorithm. The algorithm's helping people see more of the types of things that they want, which will make them use the app, make them stick around more, which is obviously what Instagram's goal is. Like, the problem isn't the algorithm. The problem is you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you think about it in terms of like TV, when you're watching a TV show and commercials come on, those commercials have been specifically bought and sold because of the type of person who watches that TV show. And that's a marketer's attempt at being relevant and reaching people. But do people actually pay attention to commercials? No, they pay attention to the show itself because the show is where value it comes from. And so with like Instagram, for example, I feel like it's the responsibility of the creator or of the marketer to make sure that you are constantly providing value, entertainment, education, whatever form it is, but something that's of value to users instead of promoting yourself. 100%. There's also so much information out there on this topic that I'm the first to claim in an Instagram course, I'm not going to teach you absolutely every aspect of this platform, but I will attempt to teach you only the most important things you need to know so that I'm respecting your time, you know, respecting the time you have to work on you, your marketing minutes, your self-improvement minutes, your education minutes, whatever you call them. I'm respecting your time to teach you what I think are only the most important things so that you can go and do. So some of the themes that we talked about in this obviously come up in the course. Obviously, this is my third and Well, I don't know if it's final, but I think for now, it's my third installment of my Mastery Course Editions, which have done quite well, and I've received amazing feedback on those. So if Instagram is a topic you're interested in, you want to learn, and you want to have someone else do all the heavy lifting for you so that you just have to learn only the most important things, you might want to check it out. So this episode at the time of recording is scheduled to release on May 28th. Where can someone find your Instagram course? Should they DM you? Yeah, they what, can. What should you can DM me? Do? <laughs> yeah, you can DM me and I'll send you the link and a special promo code. You can also check our website, billpallon.co. I'm going to be talking about this a lot at the time that this episode is released all across my social platforms. So also, if you have any questions about it, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any of those and point you in the right direction to see if this is right for you. Cool. If you learned something new today, which hopefully you did, We would love to hear from you. Hashtag brand therapy across social media. I'm at Phil Palin. 
I'm at the Lauren Moore. And one thing we would love, and by the way, a few of you did this since the last podcast episode and know just how much we appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed listening to us talk, then go to iTunes and leave us a review. This helps other people discover this podcast that we work very hard to create. Perfect. You know how it works. We'll be back again with a brand new episode. We will see you then back here on Brand Therapy. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Have a nice day. 